Amen. Am I on? Yes. Can you all hear me loud and clear? Hello, Glenridge. It's so good to be with you this morning. I'm Jan, married to Nicholas with our three children, and we serve on the eldership team here, and it's such a joy to share this morning. Um, Shepard, do you have those pics from Heather? Heather and Stan sent some pics through to me this morning just to show the congregation that they're not just banking, they're hard at work. Um, at, yeah, there's Dawn, the Williamses are with them. Um, there's Heather's head, you can see Heather's trying to take a very poor selfie. Nat, you need to teach your mom how to take better selfies. <laughs> so they sent their love this morning. I'm going to call up Jules. Jules, do you want to come? So Julia Mandel. You can give her a round of applause. <laughs> you can stand there if you want. Yeah, take your mask off. Jules is um, such a treasure to this church. If anybody watches Jules, she worships down there on the left and worships so beautifully. Um, and so we just thought we'd start off by, Jules has a prophetic word to share. So today I'm talking on the cup of his table and um, I put Jules on the spot and she's going to give a prophetic word to somebody. You need a mic. Is this okay? <laughs> um, I'm a little bit nervous, but okay. Um, so yeah, so Jan just messaged me last night and just asked if I had anything um, about like a cup and all of that. And I was just like praying about it because I was a little bit nervous. And then I kind of just thought, I don't know why I'm nervous because ooh, if you're doing anything with God, it's kind of like sorted. <laughs> so I hope that's what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, we, I work at a primary school and we have this like big joke that like no children or like no fats or any tattletaling is allowed to come to the teachers before everyone's had their first cup of coffee. Like don't even like, like raise your hand in a complaint before we've had a cup of coffee because it's just, it's not gonna happen <laughs> and it's probably not gonna turn in the child's favor. Um, and I kind of was just like thinking of that and like as soon as Jan said to me. Who's it for? Um, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, sorry, um, as soon as Jan said to me something about like a cup, I was kind of like, oh, okay, wait. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Um, and then you over, I'm sorry, I'm not sure your name. Which one? Um, Describe them. I'll just come up quick. <laughs> you two here. Um, I'm not sorry, I'm not sure of your name. Um, what, what is it, sorry? Mark? Do you want to stand up? Sorry, the, yeah. sorry, the truth. Mark and Jordine? Geraldine. Oh, that's beautiful names. Mark and Geraldine. Um, so I kind of just felt like God, well, like as I was worshiping, he just highlighted you guys so much to me. And I kind of felt like, I think for everyone can say that this like, last season has been quite hectic <laughs> for everyone. It's been hard and it's been tedious and it's felt incredibly repetitive. And I kind of just felt like he was highlighting um, that over the season there's been things in your life that have become like that cup of coffee. Like, I can do it once I've had this. So maybe like if I had more money, then I could do it. Or if I had more time or more patience or more energy or like it could be literally any number of things. Um, and I just felt like he wants to like break that lie over your life, and he, he, he's like calling you back into his into his inner circle because like the truth is like with God you can actually do anything like any time like you don't need anything else that's all we really need um, and so I just re I just felt like that was over you. he's he's like calling you guys back and he's he's like dismissing like the need of this um, of the coffee but like I'm giving you the cup in like a some is that right in like a symbolic thing. <laughs> But he's, he just like, wants to get rid of that, yeah. 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> well done, Jules. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> yeah, so um, we always just love to, we, we love the prophetic in this house, and we've seen it flow, and isn't it amazing that I'm talking on the blood of Jesus, the cup of his table today, and Jenny came up with her word, and Bev, so um, I'm really excited and expectant this morning. So um, I went to Stellenbosch University a couple of years back, and um, one of the joys of um, being there is that my dad's job at that moment was that he worked for Supersport. He was a cameraman, and he got to film all the games. So all the games of the Stormers, we would go to, he would fly to Cape Town because we lived in Durban. I studied there. I would go along to the game with him, and he would give me his access pass because he was a Supersport crew. And everywhere I went, no one asked any questions. I had an all-access pass, and normally my dad's camera was right on the field at the very try line to, to just make sure that the team scored the try. And so I would sit quite literally on the field with him in the corner and watch the game from the best spot in the house. Not only that, after the game, we would go to the super sport fancy track and feast to our heart's content. I would have a three-course meal. No one would be like, sorry, who are you? It was like, no, I've got this access pass. I had access to the feast. And um, I could take whatever I wanted, and it was always one of the highlights of my weekend when there was a game on. And so, why am I telling you this? I'm sure it's pretty obvious, but Jesus Christ, with his blood, purchased you, purchased you into his kingdom, and gave you an all-access pass to come into the kingdom of light and feast at his table. And so this morning, if you are sitting there feeling like you are tired and wearisome and, and run down, Jesus, with his blood, has, has given you a seat at the table. And it is time to sit down, friends. It is time to sit down and feast. Not on the breadcrumbs, on the lavish feast that he has provided the cup of his table. Ooh. Tables has been such a highlight this month. Heather spoke on the table. Stan spoke on the Last Supper. We had our massive feast, which I'm sure you all enjoyed, your lamb on the spit. So tables has been a big, a big thing for us. Did you know in the Old Testament that there was actually no provision made for seating? There was um, an altar, a large basin, a curtain, a table, an ark, and a lampstand. No chair. And I was wondering why not. And maybe it's because some scholars argue that there was actually no time to sit down. The priest, the high priest, didn't have time to sit down because their work was never done. Year after year, the high priest had to go into the, the tabernacle and offer, sin, um, offer burnt offerings to the Lord, offer sacrifices to appease the wrath of God for the Israelites. So their job was never done. A continual reminder year after year of their sin, a continual reminder year after year of their, their shortcomings and how they've fallen short. But Jesus, I want us to look at Hebrews 10, verse 11 to 12. How amazing is this? Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But 
When this priest, Jesus Christ, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down. Is that not remarkable? Jesus sat down, signifying the finished work of the cross, signifying that it is finished. He has overcome. He has triumphed over the enemy. And you know what? He has invited us to come take a chair and sit down with him at this table, which he purchased with his own blood. He gave you access to sit down and feast at the table. Take of the, of the bread, which signifies his body, which was broken. Jesus was, was whipped 39 times. Why 39? Because 40 was to the point of death. So let's just spare him that one lash and give him 39 lashes instead of 40. And his body was broken so we can live whole. And his blood was shed so that we can stand redeemed, forgiven, set free, liberated. God, it's good news. And so I want to speak to this meal, but the element of the cup of his table, the blood of Jesus. You see, in this, in this hour, it is like war. I'm sure we can, in the pandemic and brokenness, with all that's going on, it can look like we have only got a table of disappointment to sit at. But Jesus sat down and made a way for us to come and sit and feast at his table. It's time to weaponize the meal. And Nick and I have really gone through a revelation this year of, of actually the meal of Jesus Christ and what it means. And so this is not just some Sunday um, duty or some Sunday habit. When we come to church, we take bread. I want to encourage you this morning that this meal is life. It sustains you. It literally life is in the um, the life is in the blood. So when we come to the table, it refocuses our minds. It it just centers us. And you know what? We actually prophetically declare the message of Jesus Christ when we take of the meal. It's like, actually, Jesus Christ has healed me. I'm gonna sit in the promise that he has healed me, even when I'm contending for my healing. Jesus Christ has given me eternal life. Jesus Christ has forgiven me. So come to the table. The blood is still strong. There's more power in one drop of the blood of Jesus than all power in the kingdom of darkness. One drop, that's all we need. One drop, one touch of his garment, that is all we need. Come to the table, drink of the cup. So overcoming by the blood of Jesus, I want to speak about overcoming. In Exodus 12, verse 21, the, the, the story of the Passover, for those who are not familiar with this text, we know that the um, Pharaoh has, has held the, the Egyptians, the Israelites captives in the land of Egypt, and he's had a many plagues, and he won't let the people go. And so the Lord gives one last plague, the spirit of death, the destroyer to come and take every firstborn from the land. Um, and it was, it was quite hectic, but, but, the, but God gave Moses very specific instructions, and he gave the people of Israelites very specific instructions. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Exodus 12. I don't think I have it on the screen, but that's good. You can listen. Verse 21. Then Moses called the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, which was a plant that you could find in those days, dip it in the blood 
that is in the basin and touch the lintel, the two sides, the, the top and the two doorposts with the blood that's in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of this house until this morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. This is such a clear picture of the blood of Jesus. It wasn't enough that the Israelites just left the blood in the basin. That's not what the Lord asked of them. They actually had to take the hyssop and apply it to the doorposts of their lives for them to have covering, for them to have um, the protective covering. And so in today's, today's world, how do we overcome the works of the enemy? Revelations 12 verse 11 says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Who did they overcome? They, they overcame Satan, the works of the enemy. And so this today, friends, is our strategy from God himself. Can you say it with me? How do we overcome? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You see, just like they used hyssop to apply the blood to the doorposts of their household, so we take our faith in Jesus Christ to apply the blood of Jesus over our lives and over our circumstances. We've got to have faith in Jesus Christ. And we take the word, which is the word of our testimony, what the word of God says the blood does for us. Some of you this morning may be sitting here thinking, I'm too filthy, I'm too unworthy, I'm too unqualified, I'm too sick. The Bible says your debts have been paid off by the blood of Jesus. You stand clean, righteous, made new. He doesn't remember your sins anymore when we repent. They are gone. What does the word of God say that the blood of Jesus does for us? So let's get into it. I only have time. I wish, I wish you could stay here all day, but I won't do that for you. But I've got time to go into two truths from the, the, the blood of Jesus, redemption and forgiveness. And that's what I really believe Holy Spirit is highlighting to this community today. And it's no coincidence you are sitting here because the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to you how you have been redeemed and how you have been forgiven. So Ephesians 1 verse 7 for redemption says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What does redemption mean? Redemption means to actually be purchased or bought back. What have we been bought back from? From the hand of Satan, from, the, the, the in, from, his, from his hand. We were once enslaved to the dominion of sin, from the dominion of the, the enemy's works, but Jesus Christ came and he bought you back with his blood into, and he transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are no longer under his influence when you put your faith in Jesus Christ because redemption says in him we have redemption. Are you in Christ this morning? Are you in Jesus Christ this morning? Because then you have full access rights to the redemption of his blood. In Romans 7 verse 14, Paul uses this, this phrase, I am sold as a slave under sin, which is such an interesting um, phrase that he uses. Why slaves? So slaves were common in the Ro ancient Roman and Greek times. And actually in those times, they had slave markets 
where you could walk into a slave market and actually buy a slave, and you would know a slave is for sale by the spear that was above their head. So they had a spear above their head which exposed them for sale. You could go and buy them. And it's almost like Jesus, not almost, Jesus walks into the slave market of the enemy and he sees you with sin hanging over your head, just like the spear, and he says, I'll take that man. I'm gonna take that woman. I'm gonna take that boy. I'm gonna take that girl. What's the purchase price? My blood, my blood, the cup of his table. I'm gonna pay for them with my blood. He bought you back and the price was his blood. Colossians 1, verse 12 to 14. I just love the way the Passion Translation says this. It says, he has rescued us completely from living in the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all, say all, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his blood. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are in him and you have the release of redemption brought back by Jesus living in the kingdom of light. And I wanna put it out there, we are definitely gonna ask, do you know Christ? Because I want you to know Christ of what he's done for you, what he shed his blood for you. So we are no longer slaves to the the powers of the enemy, but Romans 1 verse 1, Paul says, we are slaves to Jesus Christ under his influence, under his dominion. How do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Those who know me know how much I love testimony. So we're gonna just declare what the word of God says the blood does for us through about redemption. So in the next slide, I'd love you to just repeat after me because this is how we're gonna overcome. He has overcome by his blood. But we're gonna, it's time, sometimes I did to wield our sword, use the word of God and actually speak to the enemy's camp. This is who I am in Christ Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed, brought back by Jesus, liberated, set free from the curse of the law, the power of sin, and the penalty of sin. I have been set free from the grip of Satan and have been yoked with Jesus, my life giver and savior. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Jesus, only because of Jesus. And forgiveness. If you haven't listened to any of my preach, please pay attention now because I want you to know how much Jesus has forgiven you. Forgiveness. One of the clearest pictures for me of forgiveness in the Bible is the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16. One whole chapter is devoted to this day, the Day of Atonement. And so the essence of this day, for those of you who are unaware, is that on this day, once a year, remember the high priest comes once a year to offer sacrifices, Once a year on this day, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies and offer atonement for himself, his household, and the people of Israel. It was once a year for earthly priests, but Jesus came once. He only had to die once. Forgiveness actually means, the the original word means to to carry away, to take away. 
And so I want us to look at the scapegoat in Leviticus 16, verse 20, which is on the Day of Atonement. So the high priest has many duties to do, and I'm not going to go into all of them, but then one of, one of the things that happens on this day is that two goats are presented to the high priest from the people of Israel, two goats. And the, the high priest casts lots on the goats. And the one which the, the, the lot fell on for the Lord was used as a sin offering for the people. The other live goat, the high priest, do we have our picture of our goat so we can even remember this, this picture of the story? The high priest puts his two hands on the goat and actually confesses all the sins of the people of Israel over the goat. All their iniquities, all their transgressions, the high priest confesses over the goat, and it's like as if this goat just absorbs all the sin of the people of Israel. Then they smack the goat, the goat runs off into the wilderness, never to return again. It's gone. It literally, the, the goat acts as an atonement for the people of Israel and carries their sin away to a place which they say will never return. The sins of the people of Israel escape through this goat. And that's where we get the term scapegoat from. Jesus is our perfect scapegoat. It's such good news. Jesus is our perfect scapegoat. What Jesus did when he went to the cross, this man who knew no sin, was perfect in every single way, overcame temptation, was without spot, without blemish, went to the cross and took the entire world's sin upon himself, your sin, my sin, on himself, and carried our sins away. When we confess and repent of our sins and we come to know Jesus, he literally removes our sin and carries it away and never to be seen again. It's not him who remembers, it's us. And I really believe there's some of us here today who need to understand that Jesus has carried your sin away. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Blood had to be shed. Jesus shed his blood. Won't you come, drink of the cup of his table, and know that you have been forgiven in Christ Jesus. Your sin has been removed. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has, your, has he removed our transgressions for us from us. Colossians 2.14, from the Passion, I just love the wording. Listen to this. It says, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto the cross nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Amen. Receive his forgiveness today. If you have unconfessed sin that you are sitting with, I trust that Holy Spirit is bringing to, to, to the forefront of your heart things that you, that you are battling with. So perhaps some of you are just in habitual sin and you're battling to break the cycle, the blood of Jesus cancels 
every curse, every sin. We need to repent and believe in the name of Jesus Christ, in the blood of Jesus. There's a cup at his table. There's a seat that he's, he's put there for you. Won't you come and feast at his table this morning? So won't you say it with me, this declaration of forgiveness, the testimony of forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. One, two, three. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven, and nothing is not covered by the blood of Jesus. He carried it away on his body and shed his blood, forgiving me and making me a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for bearing my sins upon your body and shedding your blood so I stand righteous before you. Amen. Guys, we don't just rattle off um, declarations or words. Like, that's not the formula. It's Jesus Christ. He overcame by the blood of the Lamb. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. This is just ignites our faith. The only reason I'm declaring is because it's like, actually, I'm going to stand in agreement with what the truth of the cross of Christ says and does for me, and I'm going to declare it and weaponize the word of God this morning. Come to the table and drink of his cup. And so in closing, I want us to look at the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 25. And I'm going to stop us because I read this with new eyes. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. I want us to stop. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he takes, he takes bread and he has communion with his disciples. Instead of feasting at the table of disappointment, Jesus teaches his disciples to come to the Father's table. And so there's an invitation today. If you are sitting at the table of hurt or betrayal or offense, whatever the table looks like to you, there's an invitation to leave it at the feet of Jesus, put your faith in Jesus Christ, and come and sit at his table this morning. Drink of his cup, eat of his bread, Verse 24 then says, and when he had given thanks, thanksgiving we know in Psalms 100, it says, enter his courts with, with thanksgiving and his gates with praise or something like that. The way into his presence is through thankfulness. Jesus teaches us that. Thank him. Find things. If you're battling to find things to be, to, you've got, you feel like you've got eyes of criti like a critical heart, start by finding things to thank him for. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. On driving here, we were wondering why all there were so many guy forks. And Nicholas was like, remember, remember the 4th of no 5th of November. Because I was like, no, it was guy forks. And he was like, no, it's not. Remember, remember. And so church, today I want to say, remember, remember what Jesus Christ did for you. Remember, remember when you are just needing breakthrough in your life, when you are in a season of adversity, when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, remember, remember the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember to return to his table. Come and sit with him. He died and he sat down. Come and sit with him. Come and feast at his table. 
remember, fight to remember. I love how the Israelites, when they passed through the Jordan River, going into the, to the promised land, God asked them to actually put memorial stones there so they could remember the miracle of what Jesus, of what God did. And so we need to, this is, this is a tool God has given us to remember the sacrifice of the cross of Jesus. Remember his sacrifice. Remember Jesus Christ. This, it's, it's everything. It's why we hear, it's why we sing songs, it's why we pray, it's because of Jesus. Verse 25, in the same way also he took the cup after, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often. There's a continual invitation. There's a continual seat reserved with your name on it at his table. Come today. If you don't know Jesus, come today. He is inviting you in. And so that's all I have to share with you this morning. Not all I have, it's everything, Jesus Christ. <laughs>